A su nombre. Gloria. A su nombre. Gloria. Y su pueblo. Victoria. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of Nameless Servants for Christ. I'm Nick and you are? Nick. <laughs> A.K.A. Ginger Face with the Finger. A.K.A. the original Canelo. A.K.A. <laughs> Invisible Minority. <laughs> <laughs> Minorities everywhere, bro. AKA Mexican and not Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> Last time you said you you bleed white and blue, my G. You changed it up? You changing it up? No, this is very true. AKA bleed white. Wait, hold and up, blue. hold up, hold up. Before we continue, uh huh. What's with the hater rockers? Because <laughs> I'm uh, I was watching some. Some YouTube shorts recently, and and a uh, so person was freed recently. <laughs> oh, what? Uh, a certain brothers were locked up, and now they're free. And then, and I saw this short video where um, his uh, he wanted to return back to his top G stat- status, <laughs> so he oh, okay. reshaved his head, put on the glasses. So this is me getting into that zone right now. <laughs> I got the beard, I got the shades on, you know. Shout out Andrew Tate. <laughs> we see you. <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting i'm getting to character <laughs> yeah man how's it going it's been a while it has been a while for sure man busy weekends for sure yeah. father's day weekend uh other weekends of family stuff that's been going on in a good way not not in a bad way just um with this time around of summer just just has begun actually yeah we have finally officially have summer going right it so is the sec- the second day second day third day of summer third day of summer yeah and today is a beautiful day i know you don't like these types of days (laughs) but i like this types of day where it reminds me of niagara falls yeah it's way too it's too humid for me this is yeah it is very humid actually this is the kind of humidity that drives me crazy Mm -hmm. like i'm i'm all for heat and stuff but honestly like it's just too much for me it's too much. Like I'm constantly sweating. I'm a, I'm a natural sweater, sweaty guy. <laughs> You're a natural sweater. <laughs> yeah, sweater. Not not the clothes sweater, but uh, the, the process of sweating. <laughs> yeah, I sweat too much, man. You should see me at the gym. Like when I'm going hard, mm-hmm. like sweat. Like it looks You're having like, a shower in your own. Yeah, sweat, it eh? looks like someone just dumped water all over me. Like I, I'm the kind of guy like at the gym that I need to have like a. A toy, a towel with yeah, me, yeah. because like I go hard, right? Like mm-hmm. I like if I'm there, it's because I'm there for a, a reason. Yeah. I'm not there to like have conversations with people. Like no, I'm there, no, yeah, yeah. I'm there to do my thing, and and I'm in get and in, I'm out. get out, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, so, I just assume, I was feeling the same thing today, actually, because even though it was a bit, I think this you can class, classify this as spitting, right? Mm-hmm. The weather outside was spitting. Like the the work that we were doing it inside these buses, like for for the most part, the doors are closed, so it's just the contained environment in, in there. So once you get in there, man, it just feels like just heat and humid humidity in there. Did it's you see nice buses? Yeah, you were working on buses. Yeah, like school buses, um, short buses, kind of thing. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. That's cool. Yeah. Was Do you want to elaborate on that or no? Sure. Like uh, we were just doing. Um, this company in Brantford, I guess, with all these, bro, it's just, it's just these two huge parking lots just filled of those long buses and short buses. Mm-hmm. 
And I guess they received um, a lot of new ones and they needed um, radio installations in them. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty much been yesterday and today's big project of just getting all these buses and getting them ready and prepared to have all these radio installs, which we were doing. Um, and we were doing the antenna installs, which we have to go on top of the buses. But because of the rain, like it, um, things can get kind of dangerous if uh, yeah. you don't, if you're not careful with your step. So we didn't do any antenna installations because last thing we want is someone does slip and fall off, and mm-hmm. then, well, you can probably guess the rest. <laughs> yeah, get that EI, bro. Yeah, we don't want that WSIB. We don't want that Form Seven. Nothing <laughs> like that. Man. I've never actually been on any of that. No, considering I've always had jobs that like I can, you can very easily get hurt. I've never done a WSIB claim. I've never done. I've never been on short-term disability. I've never been on long-term disability. Uh, I've never, I've never, You've never been off with injury or anything. No, like that. never. That's Even though man. I have been injured. Glory to God. That's. But I've never had to. Gracias a Dios. I've never had to do any of that. Yeah. And I don't know. I I don't think I would want to because I know it's a lot of it's a lot of paperwork and it is man. It's a lot of like just nonsense that you gotta go through, right? It's interesting too because. Um, on my previous job, like I got to see what it's like to be on the other side. If um, if an employee were ever to state that they, they received an accident and their back is hurting or whatever the case is, because on our on the uh, other side of the management side, like you have to ask for like proof of this, proof of that. Mm-hmm. We need a doctor's note. We need examinations. We need this type of certification to kind of prove your backup point. Because um, the last thing that a company wants to do is that. Um, paying for missed time kind of mm. thing so the employee is off you know recovering and then that is money out of the pocket of the company which again as you know with all companies um, they're all trying to gain profit not lose profits kind of a thing yeah so it, it, it can become a little bit uncomfortable because you know especially if they used to be like your buddy buddy or co-work kind of thing but mm. now like you're someone who's managing them is just like you need to get every ounce of information to avoid a certain situation where you're gonna have to end up paying for lost time on their end yeah that makes sense yeah it's interesting how all that works because it's like you kind of have to look at it from their perspective and your own perspective right like, mm-hmm. like yeah you gotta like look out for yourself and everything but you also gotta understand that a lot of the times, like, an employer is not going to want to pay for, for you to just sit on your butt and do nothing yeah. when you can do something, right? Yeah, and that's where the whole modified duties yeah. comes into play, right? I've done that. Yeah. I've done modified work, but uh, I've never, like, missed work because I, w- I got hurt or anything yeah. like that. Thank goodness, man. Because it, it really sucks, though, because I remember one time I saw an employee where they they either twisted their anchor or something happened where they're unable to walk on it. So they couldn't be off time. They had to accept modified duties, right? So I would see them like uh, like in, in the actual home and they would just be wheeling around themselves. Like their knee would be on top of a stool and like they would be like shuffling really? across the area. Because again, right, they can't take off time, right? And they have to accept modified mm. duties or else um, they won't be being paid or anything like that. It would just be time off without pay. So of course they have to accept. It's, it's just a very unfortunate situation. And I just... I just wish there was something else that that can be addressed or come up with instead of to have these type of situations where you can clearly see this person is in pain, right? But also they're in a financial situation where they can't afford to be off work without any pay as well. Yeah, and like this is kind of a segue to like what we we're going to discuss about, right? But when my dad got like for the people that don't know, when my dad got injured like ten years ago. I, I think I talked about it already. I think so, but, but remind us. 
Well, my dad uh, broke his arm, shattered his arm. Right, right, right. And, like, had to go on disability for, like, five years. So the problem with, with all that is that even though you apply for the help, the help doesn't come, like, right away. Yeah. It takes a long time. It's a process, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen it happening right now with my with my uncle. Uh, I I don't know if you remember, like um, he uh, he had bleeding in his uh, liver, mm-hmm. and he's been off work for I want to say a month and a half, two months, and he still hasn't received his uh, EI, and uh, it takes a long time, like for you to get something. So like people. People, I see people doing it all the time. And it's like, in my head, I'm like, don't you have bills to pay? Yeah. Like, is it really worth it? Like, I've seen people that do it and it's not really worth it. Like, I don't, I think they're just milking it sometimes. And they still do it, right? But, like, me personally, I couldn't do it. Like, I can't afford to get out, go off work. Because uh, in my household, it's a single income household, right? And if I'm not working, who's making money in my house, right? Like, nobody. Yeah. And it's not because my wife doesn't want to. It's just, it's kind of hard right now with, with my kids being yeah. so small, right? Yeah, yeah, Until they get a little bit older kind of thing, then maybe. But at this point, yeah, you got to have to prioritize the kids, the young ones. Yeah. So, and, you know, thank God nothing nothing's happened. And uh, I've stayed, I've been able to, God's been able to bless me to in the point, in the sense that, I have gotten hurt, but it's it's never been anything serious, right? Nothing that will last like months and months and months on end. So I'm thankful in that in that regard. Um, but let's get let's get into the topic, right? You kind of slightly touched on it, right? Uh-huh. Um, the reason we didn't have an episode last week was because we were celebrating Father's Day. Yes, right. We were celebrating the fathers of the world, our fathers. You know, the fathers that are around us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of wanted to do a special episode, just giving a special shout out to our dads, even though we've, yeah. we've done it a lot on uh, yeah. on this podcast, right? Yeah, little bits and pieces, but I think it's nice that we can, uh, just like we do for the moms, it's all about the moms. Yeah. Now we can do, it's all about the dads. The exactly. Pops. You know, like uh, me personally speaking on my, on my, on myself, um, my dad was like, was my guy, like my my dad was like everything for me when I was a when I was a kid, and it still is, right? But it's just a little different now. Um, but the person I always looked up to when I was a kid was my dad. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be like that. My dad. I wanted to dress like my dad. I wanted to have a mustache like my dad. I wanted to have my hair slicked back like my dad. It's just like everything I wanted to be like my dad. And um, now looking back, looking at my 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 personality, the character that I have now. It's like I'm slowly becoming my dad without even realizing it, right? Just like little things that I do now is is what my dad would do. And I don't know if, if that's happening to you or, or if you can talk about on your, on your uh, experience. How How is it for you? It's, yeah, like there is things that you definitely pick up with your parents. I'm, I fully believe that every parent, um, one way or another, um, they're, they're off, their children will pick up things on their behalf, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the way they act, the way they speak, their personality traits, or just the way that they kind of go on about life, whether at, they're at church, at work, or in the world kind of thing, yeah. right? Whatever the example is, 
is what we are going to go by and what we learn by, right? Whatever they teach us is what we learn and what we go by. Uh, for my father, like, um, I just know, and, and again, I would love to have him on this podcast just so we yeah, can really sure. go into detail about his life kind of a thing where he used to be a politician kind of thing back in 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 Guatemala in the 80s, I believe, and how during that time where it kind of led him to be to go to Mexico and then to arrive in Canada and how his first job in Canada was working on the farm. So he was like a cabbage picker or a mm. tomato picker, a cucumber picker, whatever it was, with a bunch of other Latinos as well yeah. that were refugees too, right? They're all there. Right, to the point picking where... Picking beans. Exactly, picking beans, whatever the case may be, right? And, and like, these guys were happy to, like, to be working on the fields because at least they know, you know, they're working, they're going to get paid, and they're going to provide for their families, right? Their mm -hmm. kids are going to eat, right? Uh, their wives are going to be uh, knowing that, you know, there's going to be stuff there for them, right? Um, so even though how hard and how laborious that type of job is, like they knew that at least they're working, at least they have something there for, uh, for their families. And to know too that with, the, with a little to or no English that they have as well, to still survive in a place where they have no connection, no idea, not, no, no other information about what it's like to live in Canada and to the point where today in day and age, like... Um, like, I remember back in the day when I was a kid, like, my dad, like, when he would wake up at 5 in the morning, just before we'd leave to work, he would always come into my uh, myself and my brother's room where we'd share the same room and always kiss myself and my brother on the forehead kind of thing just before mm. he left for work, right? And he would that would be a practice that he would always do or uh, I would fall asleep in, like, in the living room kind of thing. So he wouldn't, like, wake me up, like, go to bed kind of thing. He would just pick me up and carry me to my bedroom and, like, uh, tuck me in kind of a thing, right? Yeah. So... There was a lot of those things that, you know, maybe maybe he seems like it doesn't go unnoticed, but there are, like, special moments that you do realize and recognize that, hey, that's that's what it's all about kind of thing, right? Yeah, being a father is, like, one of those things that, like, a father and a mother, obviously. Hmm. It's hard to describe to people that aren't, right? And, like, like you're saying, I remember the same thing from my dad, like, uh, just him going above and beyond, just making sure that we were all okay, that we were all eating and we were all like there was a problem like you you know you can go to him even though if it's something that you got yourself into like you were obviously going to get a, like a stern talking to right especially when you're when you're going through your teenage teenage phase right like mm -hmm. i remember the, the the one time i disappointed my dad um i was like I was being just like a crazy teen just <laughs> smoking dope all the time just <laughs> And I remember I looked at my dad and I was like, oh, I'm going to drop out of high school. And he just looked at me. He's like, why? And then I just looked at him like dead serious look in his face. And I, I was like, because oh, the, the Jesus is coming soon. It's the, it's the end of the world. Why should I even bother with high school? Mm -hmm. Mind you, I said this over 10 years ago. And my dad just looked at me. And he's just like, he just shook his head. And he's like, what are you thinking, man? And I, now I'm looking back at it. I'm just like, what was I thinking? Like, <laughs> just like, I don't know, man. It's, it's, and then that's a parent you have to deal with, like the nonsense that your kids say a lot yeah, of the times, man. right? The egos, you think like you own the world. Kind yeah. Of thing, that you're at a point that, oh, I'm so old. I'm so grown up, independent. Yeah, man. The pride is massive. At and then times. the thing is, they know better because they probably do the, the exact same thing. Definitely, man. Like, I got a lot of the traits from my dad, like I was saying. Yeah. Like, uh, my grandpa tells me that when he was going to spank my dad, my dad would start, because my dad grew up in a Catholic church, my dad would start singing or 
praying to all the saints <laughs> and that he was telling him that he was going to pray to all the saints and all of this stuff. And then when I was a kid, right when before I was going to get spanked, I would always like, I was like a lawyer to my dad. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to do it again. I'm going to pray to Jesus and I'm going to ask for forgiveness from Jesus. And I know Jesus is going to listen to me and blah, 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 blah. I'm just going off. And I, my dad one time told me that like it, it impacted him because it reminded him of himself. Right. right because he would do the exact same thing <laughs> and it's crazy because you you get stuff from your parents and it's not like it's you even a, know it <laughs> it's, not, it's not a genetic thing it's just it's just something just that happens, comes right man. and i don't know if my kids are going to be like that if they, they are it's going to make me laugh that's interesting like i wonder um yeah how he felt or how like he responded to that kind of situation where like it just became like a deja vu like whoa Mm. I was in that same position too. What the heck? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but now tables have turned. <laughs> it's either moment like I understand, Father, or it's like, oh my gosh, what should I do right now? Kind of thing. Do I stop or do I proceed? And as a parent, like you kind of have to like, it's okay to let them get away with certain things sometimes. Yeah, mistakes happen, right? But when you have to be strict and stern, you got to do it, right? Because the Bible does say the fa- the parent that loves his children will discipline them, right? Yeah. And just like God disciplines us, disciplines the world, right? And being the father, being the head of the household, it's a lot of responsibility. Some of them, for the most part, right? It's their responsibility to discipline the kids, right? Yeah, both parents can do it. But for the most part, I believe that that's the father's responsibility. I don't know. I think you think the same, right? Yeah, I'll. But I'm also okay with like the wife kind of doing the disciplinary act as well too. Like if the father's not around, like, uh, like yeah, I, it wouldn't be something where like, oh, wait until like no, like take care of business right there in that action. Unless you want to play mind games with the child, be like, oh, wait until your father gets home. Like, like unless it's all that. But in in certain situations, like I'm pretty sure I remember recall my mom. Either I don't know if this ever happened to you in church. Like she would like <laughs> like pinch your ear or pinch your knee or just take you quick at the back and just pop kind of a thing like real quick and like you think this is bad right now wait until we get back home this is just like a tease of what you're going to get <laughs> whatever whatever you think happened at church like whatever scenario that happened at church i guarantee you i went through it <laughs> i guarantee it i remember people used to laugh in church because i was always like just doing something whatever during the service uh-huh. and like halfway through the service people would just start laughing because they would see me get up and my dad moved me over to the far end of the of the bancas <laughs> and me having to sit beside my dad yeah. always happened yeah. it was like i'll just wait till half the service you know jonathan's gonna move from one <laughs> one point to the other point and that's a long bench man with yeah. all your with your whole family <laughs> oh yeah man six of us and sometimes like my cousins were sitting with us during during service or whatever mm-hmm. you knew something you know someone was gonna get moved and yeah. for the most part like 99.9 percent of the time it was me yeah but that's part of the, the father, right? Like, although it did suck that moment, but, you know, later on you realize, like, yeah, I'm glad that my dad was, did that, uh, did those certain things, right? And it just makes me, especially when you get older too, just to know after the fact that when they express to you or when they explain to you, like, how it was back then, how they started out, right? How the struggle was kind of thing. It just, it just makes you more proud and just makes you so much more thankful. Like, man, like, like, I will never understand and I will never know what it was what he had to do what he had to give up or mm. what they had to give up or what they had to sacrifice themselves for us to where we are right now right i will never understand what it's like to work all day in the sun on a field i'll never understand what it's like to uh, go situations that you know 
uh, you receive threat letters in the mail, or you're held at gunpoint, mm. or you've been uh, jumped, or you've been um, kidnapped, or tortured, whatever the case. Like, I'll never know what that's like, right? But these are things that our fathers, like, they endured, they went through, and glory to God that, you know, um, that's something that... Thankfully, it's only stories to us. Yeah. We are not actually living in those types of situations, right? Yeah, like, I can't imagine, like, leaving my family behind and moving to a different country where you don't even know the language. You don't even know how the the system of the nation works. You don't know how, like, people are there. I can't imagine it, man, because it's like the bravery it takes to just pick up and go, Mm -hmm. right? Start a new life. And, you know, instead of having that mindset of, oh, I'm in this new nation, I'm making better money here, I'm going to better myself. No, having the mindset of, like, I want to bring my family here. You know, that's what my dad did. Like, and, and we're just we're just talking about, like, the secular aspect of it, right? We're, we haven't even begun to talk about the spiritual aspect, the spiritual yeah, the change. Perspective, yeah. yeah, the spiritual change that, that happened to both of our fathers, right? Because mm. they, they both... Both weren't born in a Christian household. And, you know, like, we're just talking about how they were as men, right? And I hear a lot of stories about, like, like my dad. And, you know, like, we, last time I barely spoke about how he, he was a guerrero, right? He, he wasn't living a good life in El Salvador, he was living a life where if he continued, he probably wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. He he wouldn't have lived to tell a story. He wouldn't lived to have known children or wife or or any of that stuff. Or a new land. <laughs> a new land, Canada, United States. Like, there's no way. Like, even he tells me that, like, he never imagined living in Canada, living in the United States. He never even imagined having children, right? Because in his mind, he wasn't going to get there. Yeah. Because he was willing to live and die for his cause. Yeah, because he was in full belief of the system. And he knew at that time, too, that he couldn't invest into, like, a girlfriend or wife or children. Because he knows that if he were to do that, their lives are going to be put at risk before his. Yeah, like, my grandpa tells me all the time, can you imagine your mother, like, being on her knees, crying, begging you to leave? Yeah, begging you to leave because if you stay you're gonna die like i can't even imagine that like and then him having the bravery to say yeah i'm gonna do it i'm gonna go and not know where you're going not know the direction you're going you know it still makes me laugh because my grandpa gave him 300 dollars, and he gave the guerrilleros 200 (laughs) dollars. he only had 100 dollars in his pocket when he left the nation right now now i'm seeing seeing my dad where he came from how he grew up and seeing how the man he is now, you know, it's it's a change that only God can do, right? It's a change that, you know, for other people, they might believe that it's impossible, right? But in, through Jesus Christ, all things are possible. You can see that you can turn someone's life around in an instant and they'll never go back to believing what they used to believe, right? Having that mind, mindset of, of that communism mindset to get out of that is so hard Hmm. it's so hard because you believe it through and through and you believe it to be the truth 
and nothing else matters because that's what the truth is, right? Yeah, because like I can only imagine that that's what they're only were taught were, right? That's what they were uh, influenced with, right? All the other like leaders that they respected or look up to, like that's all they believe. So of course they're gonna be listening, like okay, this is the thing that we have to do. This is the thing that we have to practice. So I'm not surprised that that was something that. It's either that or nothing else, right? Yeah, and the crazy part is El Salvador is not even a communist nation. Yeah. And in, in that ideology that Fidel Castro and Che Guevara instilled in Cuba and that, that trickled down through all of Central America, like through South America. Kind of thing, yeah. Right? yeah. And it just it just blew up and everybody mm-hmm. started to believe in that. Whereas, like, the idea of communism is great. Like, every everything equal for yeah, everybody. Everything equal, yeah. But it doesn't work out. What happens, the poor stay poor and the rich get richer. So There's still separation. Right? Yeah, so it's like, man, just to get someone out of that mindset is is, is near impossible. But but I, I'm glad, like, I think my dad wouldn't be the person he is now if he hadn't gone through those trials and tribulations in his life, right? For sure, man, yeah. Like, he talks about how it took him a week. Or no, it took him, like, two weeks to get to the United States from El Salvador. He came through... Through land, and like did he did he drive there? Did he walk there? Hitchhike there? Like he drove the transportation. He drove from El Salvador to Mexico, then he was homeless in Mexico for a week, uh-huh. and he, t- he talks about how um, uh, a man came up to him. And he said, "Muchacho, qué te pasa? Te estás muriendo." He said, "Young man, what's going on to you? You're dying." And my my dad said, "I haven't ate for a week," and he's like, "Here's some tortillas and cheese or whatever," and that fed him. And that had to last him for a couple of days. Yeah. And then... He had to ration that out, I bet. And then he had to figure out a way to cross the border from Mexico to the United States. Mojado, right? And it's funny seeing, like, those those scenes in movies, right? But when you're actually risking your life to get to the other side, it's a whole different... But Nothing's funny about that. Yeah. It's a very serious moment. Yeah, it might be entertaining with all the, the jokes and all that, but he actually lived through that. And I don't know if there's ever, if there's a movie adaptation, I'd be asking you for that. But yeah. <laughs> just to kind of see that and, and what it would be like, um, yeah, that would be something, man. If I could ever, even my dad said this, if I could ever make a movie out of my my dad's life, I would because it's, it's literally a movie. Yeah. Like in every aspect, like... His from his childhood having like an alcoholic father, to him making that journey from El Salvador to Los Angeles, from Los Angeles to Houston, from Houston to Atlanta, from Atlanta to Kitchener, Ontario. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would how, say the same thing. How too. can you even make that up? Yeah, that's that's a story right there that like I would love to see and watch kind of thing. Yeah, and this yeah. is it's, that's why I'm like I see a lot of these like newer Latinos that are in our area. I'm like, oh yeah, how'd you get here? Oh yeah, we flew. I'm like man, you had it easy. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, man, if you heard my dad's story, my mom's story as well, It'd be something else. Yeah, it's nothing compared to you. Like the struggle it was just to, you know. And this is this is why you should never like uh, make generalizations, right? Because this is a man who was coming from a violent background, who got to the United States and bettered his life mm-hmm. to the point that he was able to apply for uh, a refugee citizenship to come to Canada. And he bettered his life. He 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 went away from from alcohol, from smoking, from violence, and he changed his life. It wasn't because of the American dream. It was because of the godly dream. 
the pursuit of Jesus Christ, the pursuit of trying to seek Jesus Christ's face, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. only through him was he able to change his life, yeah. right? And, um, you know, in the struggle of trying to get his family, my dad at the age of 25 or 26, maybe 27, he had a stroke. He had a stroke at that age? At that age. He had a stroke because, because he was working so much. Oh. My dad says that he would start work at 7 a.m. He would work from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. He would go home. He would eat. And then he would work from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. And then go home and then do it again. Sleep. Wake up. Repeat. Yep. Yep. All in the struggle of trying to get his brothers, his mom, his dad, and then eventually my mom to the United States. And and that's the thing that, you know, again, shout out to our dads because that's something that they won't say no to. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as they hear about the opportunity, knowing that there's a chance or, or just fighting to, to do something to get a better life for themselves and for their families, they will do it, right? Mm-hmm. They will rise up in like whatever the situation is, they will overcome it. That's, that's something that I, again, that what I admire about our fathers kind of thing, right? Uh, there was no one there to help him out. There was no. no one there to cover him like a cheat sheet. There was no one there to guide him or anything like that. It's something that they had to figure out. And as being men, as being fathers, right, they had to do it. It was their line of duty, right? And it's just something that, again, careful with what we say kind of thing, but um, something that I don't want to say I'm jealous of, but it's just I'm just I'm just in awe mm-hmm. of, of that type of uh, on that type of experience that time exposure that type of 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 different sensation of pain emotional pain intellectual pain physical pain that they had to endure and go through to the point where they're at right now right because you can see right now for both of our dads right the peace and the happiness that they have right to know that yeah once upon a time there was not nothing like that right there's just the hope right and just the strength of Jesus Christ to give them to help allow them to push on to keep going to go 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 because there is better hope there is something else on the other side there to the point that they can see now right imagine just the the amount of happiness or how deep it goes for them in their mind and their hearts to see uh, their children now with children mm. now married right having homes living successfully right in different uh, in a different mindset of of knowing that. They've they've done it, right? They've done a great job, right? Yeah. Regardless of what it is, like everyone is sound and safe and happier. Yeah, I was actually reflecting on this. Uh, I think it was Father's Day, like because it made me happy. Because even though they they do have their struggles, I can see that my parents are are in a different um, etapa, another a different stage of their life now. Whereas they don't have as many worries as they had when they were younger, right. like when we had we were kids, right? Because growing up, we for a couple of years we were on welfare, right? And my parents couldn't afford to. No way. Yeah, yeah. we were on welfare. We, my parents couldn't afford to get us Christmas presents. They couldn't afford sometimes to even get us food, and God always provided, right? Mm-hmm. And now that I see them now that they're almost in retirement mode, like my parents sold their house. Now they have like financial freedom they don't have to worry about like kids in the house 
they don't have to worry about like bills. Yeah, those type of expenditures or anything like that. Making sure that there's food on the plate. Yeah. Making sure that there's clothes. You know, making sure that you know education is paid for or whatever the case may be. Right. Yeah, and I was looking at my dad on on Father's Day. Like, um, he had a he had a brand new suit on, and I was oh. looking at him. I'm like, hey man, you're looking fresh. Like, <laughs> you look good, eh? He's like, yeah, yeah. Your mom wanted me to have a new suit. Blah blah blah. I'm like, and then I was just started reflecting on. It. I'm like, and I actually I thanked God. I'm like, thank you, because only you could have done that. Like, yeah, for them to be living this life where they don't have to worry about like money anymore. They don't have to like. And that's not to say my parents are rich, because they're not, right? Mm-hmm. But they they have more financial freedom now than they've ever had in their life. Mm-hmm. And now they don't have to worry about feeding their kids anymore, because their kids oh. are grown ups, have their own, they are their own kids. They have jobs. They can feed themselves kind of thing now, right? Yeah. Like, they're always there to help if we needed help, right? They but, can, like, ride off into the sunset, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> they're chilling now. Like, they're just enjoying their life now. They're enjoying their kids, their nietos, uh, and the church. Like, it just makes me happy just seeing that they're doing good spiritually, then they're doing good financially, and they're doing, you know, they could be obviously better physically, but, you know, it, that comes with age too, right? Just seeing how, like, like I was saying how my dad was, like, that guy for me. Now seeing him now, like, I'm like, whoa. Like, I know this is probably going to sound bad. I'm like, but, whoa, my dad's my dad's getting old, right? And well, that's not bad at all, man. That's just reality, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just, I, I feel weird saying it, right? Because now I see him and he's, like, 63 now. And, you know, he has a, his hair. You can barely see blacks on his hair, hair now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, sometimes I see him, I'm like, man life yeah why 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 can't i just get older and you just stay the same kind of thing right life 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 is moves quick man it's insane right because when you're a kid you don't think about time you don't think about anything like that right you just go with the flow and go with the motions right time doesn't mean anything to you as a kid but at this stage in time like especially when you see um how our parents are looking or knowing that every year is just another year where they're getting up there kind of thing it just kind of makes you think in the back of my mind, yeah, like they are getting older kind of thing, right? Especially when you kind of think of your grandparents as well, mm. right? Where at what kind of stage that they're at this point, right? Because I remember at least for my grandmother, like when I was a young child, like she was very mobile. She was able to do mm. this and do that. But at this point in, in her life on my dad's side and my grandmother, um, she has dementia where she's unable to do the things on her own now. Like she needs help. Right, she needs help twenty four seven, whether it be assisting with meals, whether it be assisting to the bathroom, assisting with bathing, even just to change or just um, anything like that, and just reminding her as well, like who this person is, who am I, kind of thing. Remember, you got to do this. Yeah, man, I agree with you because right now that we're young, we kind of take life for granted in the sense that uh, we don't appreciate the viejitos kind of thing, right? And one thing we don't we don't think about is we're heading down that exact same road. And now imagine growing old and not having your children by your side to help you. Imagine growing old and your grandchildren don't even pay attention to you. So, like, I always kind of made it my mission to show my viejitos love and appreciation right now that they're alive. So, like, my grandpa, like, you're talking about grandpa, grandparents. My grandpa has, like, really, really bad knees. And he can barely walk now. Like, it takes him half an hour to get 10 feet. Like, it's that bad. Like, 
and and I'm seeing like my other grandparents, they're kind of like losing their mind as well. And it just comes with age, right? Like you get to a certain point, your your body starts to deteriorate, right? You also get to a certain age where your mind starts to deteriorate. And when that starts happening, it's like when uh, us as children and as us, us as grandchildren, we kind of have to try to understand them, mm-hmm. look at their perspective, look at their their situation, right? And not like criticize them and just hope it doesn't happen to you, right? Because if you're not there to help your grandparents, what can you expect from your children or your grandchildren, right? You kind of have to pay it forward. Do you think that um, for a father... How important is it to make that impact in a relationship kind of standpoint with their children? Um, especially when we come into terms of like this scenario of brought up of, you know, your children taking care of the parents kind of thing, mm. right? Where I, my assumption is that with your grandfather that uh, your uncles are kind of there to take care of him kind of thing, to have that. Uh, because I don't know if you may know, but I know of families where like they just completely are like, non-existent or participating in anything at all with their with their um with their loved ones with their parents kind of thing mm-hmm. where where i used to work right they would rarely show up it was just like they leave them at the at the home and then like that's it like don't even come for birthdays mother's day father's day is just like it came to a point where either it was so bad or just the relationship was just non-existent to the point where just it, there's no point of kind of coming there uh i don't uh i don't agree with putting um old people in homes because like you're saying you worked in that environment and i've serviced that environment and it's sad honestly it's sad like just seeing how like you're not going to take care of someone if they're not related to you you're not going to care as much kind of thing right um but to answer your question like my dad never taught me that uh i have to take care of him because like like i said before in a previous episode like but like the in the sense of like the way that he's taken care of you, your siblings, and all that, right? Yeah. Like, do you feel like that kind of um, teaching or relationship establishment, or just uh, understanding of like how much he was there for you, kind of allowed you and your siblings to understand like once he gets to that point, like we're definitely gonna be there to step it up to um, help him out as much as needed or support there as much as needed. Um, I don't know, man, because he's never talked about like. When I get old, you better take care of me. Or when you, when I get old, this he never spoke like that. Not even speaking, just like by action, just by action. By action, yeah. I if I'm learning from my dad's action, I know that I should always be there for him, mm-hmm. no matter what, regardless of the situation, because I know he's done that. He's he's lived that life, and my mom the same way. Like they've lived that life. They've been there to support their their siblings, their 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 parents, the grandparents through thick and thin right Mm -hmm. and um i'll give you this example like when my great-grandmother passed away it was my dad's job to set up the funeral Mm -hmm. so when she passed away i didn't see him break down i didn't see him cry or anything i just saw him in i have to get everything ready mode and then he we he got it all ready we did a, a funeral service at the funeral home uh we buried her and then everybody left. We were going to my grandma's house, and my dad, my mom told me afterwards that when my dad was in the car with her and they were driving, they were going to go drop off my, my other grandparents. That's when my dad broke down, and he started crying because he didn't have time. 
But once he was able to reflect on the situation, on his grandmother passing away, my great-grandmother, right? he was able to reflect on it. And he always, he always speaks highly of her, how when my grandparents didn't have for food for them to eat, that they would walk over. And that she always would see them coming from afar. And she would say, ahí vienen los niños. She would tell her husband, ahí vienen los muchachos. Uh, we need to get some food ready so they can eat. So seeing seeing my dad's my dad's example, my mom's example, um, yeah, for me it would be a, a it would be a I don't want to say tragedy, but I know he would be super disappointed in me if I wasn't there in his time of need. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure, for sure, man. And that's, I believe that's the duty that we must do as, exactly. as the kids, right? And again, especially knowing where they came from, right? Mm-hmm. What they went through um, for us to be here in this situation right now, right? Um, and that's something that I always enjoy when I have these types of conversations with my dad where I just always ask him about his past. Like, always tell me, like, a different story that happened in this situation or this or this kind of event because every time I hear a story, it always allows me to understand more about who who he is and what, the why he is the way he is kind of a thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right? Because apparently, like, I would hear that, and I don't know if this is just a male thing, but, like, I would hear, like, how stubborn my dad is kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I always kind of think back to the root of, like, why or how this came to be, right? Um, because, yeah, stubbornness can be a bad thing, but also be a good thing. And I know at some point, like, um, again, this is something I would ask him to explain more, but it, it just it just brings light and understanding to the way that they are, right? Empathy and all that as well, too. So... For me, it's something that, uh, speaking of Father's Day and all that, when you reflect on Father's Day, it's just those moments like you can't help but to think, right? And also when you connect with other, the other uncles as well to kind of give you more uh, understanding and insight too. Like, I remember the one time when I went back to Guatemala, uh, I think it was 2018, I want to say, or 2016, around that time. Um, I was able to connect with my uncles from my dad's side and my my aunt's. And I'd always ask, and I don't know if this is something that you would do, but I always like, do you have photos? Like, like mm. I always want to see the photo book. I want to see the photo book of whether of you guys have kids or just like of other family members or just to see um, just other lights and just uh, other depictions of, of what stage of life that my dad was at or where they were at kind of thing. And anytime I would see anything to be out of the ordinary, I always like, what's the story behind this photo? What's the story behind this photo kind mm. of thing? Just to kind of get more understanding, more insight of like, no way because again like as parents like there's only so much that you can recall or just try to express or kind of transfer over right you always need that different perspective from different types of uh of minds and bodies right because i when always every time i ask my uncles like they always tell me something different that i've never heard from my father and it's beautiful because it's always a perspective from them just so so it's it's nice to kind of hear something um from another kind of point of view that's not just directed for my father, that I'm able to hear about my father kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there was ever something that you ever experienced or heard of. Uh, the closest thing I ever experienced to that was when... Uh, <coughs> Santo Dios mío, <laughs> <laughs> When in 20, 2008, my dad said he wanted to go to California to see my aunt, my, mm-hmm. my, grandpa, my grandpa's sister, his baby sister. And uh, my brother and I 
went with him. We took a road trip to California. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm the kind of guy that uh, I get homesick very... Well, I used to. Not, not as much anymore, but I used to get homesick very easily. Mm-hmm. And so one day, like when we were over there, we were gone for three weeks. And uh, one day... I was just like, I don't want to go do anything. I just want to just stay here at my aunt's house because we were staying with her. I'm like, I just want to stay here. Just, just you know, just relax. I don't want to go sightseeing. I don't want to do any of that. Right. And like my, my brother criticized me. He's like, you came all the way to California. You just sit on the ch- on the couch and watch TV. I'm like, no, I just I just need my space. Like, <laughs> I need to be by myself for a little bit. Yeah. Obviously, he didn't understand, right? And it's fine. But... uh they left. My dad left with my brother and my cousins, and I stayed back with my aunt because she 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 wasn't a very active woman. She was kind of she was overweight. She was having problems with her knees as well, mm-hmm. so she stayed. So th- it was a blessing in disguise for me because I was able to connect with her. I was able to, um, you know, like talk to her and just see who she was, the kind of person she was. I was able to, um, like, have a real conversation, a one-on-one conversation with her. Mind you, this was a woman that I was meeting for the first time. I never met her. I had only heard stories from her. And this was the woman that helped my dad cross the border. So when my dad was in Mexico, he called her because she lived in Los Angeles. And he said, hey, I'm going to say her name, Tia Milagro. Can you help me? I'm trying to cross the border. And instead of turning her back on him, she helped him. So the whole point of my dad going my dad going to California was because he wanted to go see her and say thank you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for what you did for me, right? So I was able to sit, have a one-on-one with her with no one there, no one criticizing our conversations, and she just went off. She started telling me all these stories about my dad, like his Guerrero, Guerrero stories, everything. Now, I never told my dad what she told me mm-hmm. because she told me not to say anything to him, <laughs> right? But I remember when she was telling me all this stuff, I was my, my jaw was on the floor, just right? everything she was telling me. But it was like, it made me appreciate who my dad was because I saw the change that God made in his life. And two years after we went, she passed away. Mm-hmm. So I had those memories of what she told me about my dad. She told me stories about my grandpa. And just like, I was so appreciative of the moment, right? And, you know, it was, it was great because only, it was a surreal moment for me. Just like, it, there wasn't pictures, there wasn't um, video, there wasn't nothing. It was just my... My imagination of the stories she was telling me. Right. And I was just like, those are memories that I, that stay with, stay with me. And I didn't even tell my brother. I didn't tell nobody what she told me. Because mm-hmm. she told me, don't tell, don't say anything. Yeah, keep this yourself. And that's a promise that you wanted to keep to her, right? And I kept it. Yeah. I've still kept it to this day. 10 plus, more than 10 years later, I've still kept that, that promise that I said to her. I've never said anything to my dad about it. I haven't even said anything to my grandpa, nobody. Would you ever bring it up to your dad? Like, just like having a one-on-one kind of like, oh, just so you know, 
you're you're at. Like she told me some stuff, and I just want to talk to you about it, if that's okay. Honestly, I don't think my dad's comfortable speaking on his past like that mm. because it's like bring some uh, like PTSD kind of moments. Kind no, of I don't think it's that. I think um, or just wants to move on and like forget about the past kind of thing. I think that God made that that uh, God made that. Uh, that miracle, that change in his life. Right. That he feels, I don't know if it's shame or he just doesn't want to give it any thought. Or maybe he's just let it go. He's, yeah, you know, I don't know. I can't maybe, speak yeah. on him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We can speculate we all want, but until, until, yeah, until that conversation brought up or never has to be brought up, right? Because sometimes, yeah, they're, the best thing to do is just to keep things behind closed mm -hmm. lips right yeah at the end of the day there's like i think there's not with everybody but some people just have there's their personal stories with between them and god mm -hmm. and if they are comfortable enough to tell it then that's great but if not then only yeah. god knows why right yeah, yeah. you don't want to force people to bring up garbage that they don't want to exactly kind of thing, right? and like it is uh it's an eye-opener like what she told me i know it's very anticlimactic, right? Because I can't really say anything. No, it's all good, man. But it is, it, it was something that is kind of an eye-opener eye for me. And I was just like, wow, what kind of life was my dad living? Yeah, and, and, and that's what I mean, right? Because, again, there's only so much that uh, our parents can really tell us, right? Um, and then want to share with us, right? So when we get these other types of perspectives or the, uh, the other sources that are able to kind of like share something, you know, and I'm pretty sure... Um, some way or to another, the extent that they're being kind of censored as well, or probably holding some other mm. details too, to a certain point, to a certain degree, I believe. But again, it just helps you to shape like, man, like, I can't believe I'm your son. <laughs> you yeah. know, it kind of puts a little pride in you kind of as well. Like, man, I'm so happy that I'm your son kind of thing. And, and that's just coming from like, from the world kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Then we see what their, their life is when it comes to, when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to church, right? Because that's something that I always looked up to my dad when, when it came to church, he was always actively involved, whether it be a deacon, whether it be a Sunday school teacher, whether it be actually be preaching on the altar, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't think he ever sang, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, like I, I can, as long as I can remember, he was always someone who was active in church kind of thing, right? And, and I think, right, um, he was someone who's recognized that he, he knew the word pretty well as well, right? Yeah. He was very uh, into the word kind of thing, whether it be, right, conversations with your pops or your mm -hmm. uncles kind of thing or just other members of the church, right? Wherever, wherever the need was. Like, I remember, man, long time ago. I don't know if you can remember this, but um, La Paz de Cristo. Mm -hmm. I think once upon a time it used to be like in some kind of building or apartment building it was like in the basement or something like that. I could be I could be misquoting, but it was some kind of place where it was just starting out kind of thing. And I would recall that my dad would, <laughs> um, my brother and I, we would be in those pajamas. And you know, remember those pajamas, yeah. like those onesie pajamas, like mm -hmm. it had like the toys or dinosaurs on them. It was just one piece kind of thing where he would pick us both up in each arm kind of thing, take us to like this huge, this like van that I guess it would be transported for people to go to church. This would be like at three or four in the morning type of thing. Jeez. Just dump us in the, in, in the van and we're still like kind of, what's going on like just passed out kind of thing and we would head out and i think we would be heading out to pick up other members for like 
for service to like do prayer in the morning. Prayer kind of morning, thing, right? Yeah. Prayer mornings were, I, I'm pretty sure where they were doing it was just in darkness because they would sh- like turn off like the electricity. So legit, like at those times, like my dad and and I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if your if your dad was involved with this uh, as well. That it would just be having like these prayer sessions, intense prayer sessions in the dark. <laughs> yeah, my dad was probably for sure a part of that because my mm-hmm. dad, like you're saying, like they give us the example of putting God in church first, right? So I remember like my dad leaving super early in the morning, going to the, my dad's always gone to morning prayer, mm-hmm. Saturday mornings at church, always. I remember going to, to uh speaker's corner with my dad, Saturday mornings. I remember going to Vigilias, going to church Wednesday nights, Mm-hmm. Um, and just oh, those are my memories, right? My dad always putting God first. Yeah, you know, Bible study every day at eight p.m. Me and my siblings in the basement with my dad studying the Bible. Mm-hmm. They didn't matter what you were doing; it's Bible yeah. study time. Same, same, yeah. And and like it was like a military kind of thing. Like we're gonna go study the Bible right now. It's like, I don't want to, we're going right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. There we go. Let's go. Half an hour or an hour. Every single day. And he wanted to instill that word in us. And as a parent, that's our duty. That's our job. You need to show your kids between right and wrong. Yeah. You need to show the, the kids between truth and false. Yeah. And if you're not doing that, then you're not doing your job as a parent. You're not yeah. doing your job as a father. You're not doing your job as a mother. As a Christian father, as a Christian mother, yeah. You have those obligations. You have those duties. And it's not something that you can put aside. You have the responsibility and accountability to perform these actions for your children. Because it is biblically written. It is biblically sound that these are the things that you must do. And that's not to say, oh, this guy's dad didn't let them play. Or no, man, he made time. We would go to the cancha and play soccer. Mm-hmm. In the wintertime, he would take us skating. He would go take us sledding. Like he did all that, but he still made time yeah. to show us the word of God. Or on the weekends, like um, exactly, there'd be some kind of days where, again, you, like we don't know where we're going, right? Because again, their English was so poor. Like, yeah, <laughs> we don't know where we're going, but we're gonna find this beach. And back in the day, when there was no GPS, it'd be straight maps, right? So even they would take us out wherever to wherever it would be, right? We don't know where we're going. Like we don't know how long it's gonna take us. We take a wrong turn here, wrong turn there. But hey, right? And it'd always be them too with their broken English going outside to like ask, like, like asking for directions or asking for help on where to go, kind of a thing. My dad was so hardcore that we would barely miss church. We wouldn't miss church for anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, if someone invited oh, it, us, it, it's and not to say it was like routine, but it was something that was made like yeah, hey, no. Hey, Saturdays and Sundays is church, church time. Right? Doesn't matter yeah. if someone's inviting us to the beach. It doesn't matter if we, if someone's inviting us to a birthday party at five o'clock. If church starts at six, at five o'clock we're leaving the party. We're going to church. If whatever the case, like we're 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 stopping whatever we're doing. We're going to church. Mm-hmm. If we weren't going to the beach in the weekends, it was because the church was going to the beach. Yeah. But if we if we were gonna miss church to go to the beach, nah, that was not happening. Not on my dad's watch. And you know I've learned from that man. Like it's impo- he like he says our service to God is more important than anything else. There always become there will always come distractions from for you to serve God. It's on you if you're gonna fall into that temptation of the distraction, or you're gonna go above it and serve God, right? So my dad always showed us 
with example, not by not just words. It was through example. And, you know, shout out to my mom. She was, you know, backing him up. Mm -hmm. It's what your dad says. That's what we're going to do. And, you know, you always have to have that that kind of woman beside you that knows that if if your husband is a, a servant, a man of God, that all everything else doesn't matter. The most important thing is your service to God. Yeah, as long as you have that support system, because you, you again, um, like when it comes to a marriage couple, you always have to have that agreement, right? There always has to be that backup. You cannot at any point, any time, show that disagreement in front of your kids. We're like, oh, I have this idea. Well, I have this idea. Like, <laughs> like what kind of example? What what kind of teaching are you going to provide your kids right there? Especially that, you know, we as parents, you are the number one teachers to your children, right? So whatever they see, whatever they hear from home, that's what they expect or what they assume. Like, oh, is that how things are kind of a thing, right? Yep. So when it comes to that Christian mindset as well, it's the same thing too, right? Um, of course, given that, you know, I assume that you and your wife, like behind closed doors, have your conversations as well, like on what things happen or if there was disagreements or if there's something to discuss about, right? That's, that's, I think that's a normal thing that happens, right? Because again, there's going to be days where, yeah, you guys are not always going to agree on something, but at mm-hmm. least you guys can talk about it. But that's the, the the beauty of the thing that when it comes to a father, our fathers, that they set the tone, they set the pace, they set the example, right? And this is what we need to know as kids, as children, right? What are we supposed to do as Christians? What are we? How are we supposed to act? How are we supposed to act in in church? How do we present ourselves in church? How do we talk to other brothers and sisters in Christ? When we go to other people's homes, when we're invited, and how are we supposed to present ourselves? How do we act in that kind of manner? Yep. Are we just gonna be acting like some <laughs> some undisciplined kids and just jump on other mm. people's couches? No, <laughs> no, man. We're only gonna be. Uh, we're all, we only speak until spoken to, right? We only ask when it's being offered, and every time we must uh, say our pleas and our thank yous, right? Yeah. One thing I learned from my parents was never show up to someone's house empty-handed. <coughs> Always take something, or at mm. least offer to take something, right? Because you you're a guest, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to just just assume everything's going to be given to you, right? Like, and I I I hold that that way of thinking to this day someone invites me over to their house we got to take them something like yeah. we can't show up empty and i do not feel comfortable showing up empty-handed um that's one thing i learned from my parents one thing another thing is you know how i was as a kid right like i was i was off the walls i was hyper i was you know one th- i was i didn't think you were but maybe i was just matching you <laughs> maybe i don't know man because I remember one of our mutual friends uh, two weeks ago said that you're always laughing. You always laugh at the jokes, right? Uh-huh. One thing I remember about you, everything I did, you would laugh. Really? Yeah, you would just laugh. <laughs> like maybe you weren't doing it with me, but you were just laughing. No way. Yeah, so that's all one thing I always remember about you. Like I was always laughing. You was always laughing at what I said. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, like, just so much. The thing, the thing about you and I is that there's so much memories that go way, like years and years and years way back. That's hard to remember. Yeah, like, it's hard to remember a lot of the things, right? Like, like if someone to, was to ask me, "How did you meet Lu- 
<laughs> it's okay. Go ahead. How'd you meet Luis? I'm, I'm like, I don't know, bro. Church? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. <laughs> like, I don't remember the the day, the hour. Yeah, the first day, yeah, yeah. I don't no, remember none sure, of that. For it's sure, for sure, yeah, yeah. It's like you were just there. It's yeah, like you just yeah. appeared. And it's like, oh, that's Luis. Because I know in La Paz de Cristo, like, we knew of each other, but we weren't as close, I'm pretty sure. I think it was until, like, Iglesia de Dios, if I'm not mistaken, that that's where we really started to be connected. Bro, I don't even know. No? I don't remember. I'm just speculating. <laughs> I know we were clo- we were we were close in like listen to us like yeah. we would hang out a lot, play basketball, like like I remember one birthday it was it was my parents kinda like did a little mini celebration and uh the only ones that were there was you and your brother and your parents. Yeah. And I, I think I still have that picture. If I don't have that picture, my mom has a picture. Man, if I'm gonna tell her tomorrow if I can if she can find it. I'm gonna show it to oh, you. Oh, bust it up, bro. bro! I think I think we all had like the split hair thing. No way. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was too funny, bro. Was that That's, a trollo days, bro? That was your hardcore ginger days. My- <laughs> Shout out to Canelo. <laughs> Finger in the house. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, man. Like we exist. Long time, and and the thing is, the thing I always remember about that is our dads always having a conversation about what god yeah christ man always Always went to that you know you want to have a really long conversation with my dad talk to him about christ Mm -hmm. like he he, he, yeah he can talk to you about soccer and you know yeah whatever's happening but when he gets gets into that but if you really want to stay focused on talking about god like Mm. oh my god yeah man and you know that's the beautiful thing that i really value and appreciate about our fathers like uh through time and time like whether it be church or being at different churches, wherever we are in life, right? The way that your dad treated me in the past still remains today, right? Mm-hmm. Something I always respect about your father is that, that that I look up and I admire too, right? The way that he condones, the way that he uh, acts to me, the way he speaks to me and something like, man, like, uh, like my respect is to him as well, right? The way I speak to him is out of a most of out of most respect to him as well, right? Mm-hmm. That's something that I cherish and I value, it. and I know that's something that you see with my father as well. Yeah. It's just that's something that it, I don't think that's happens quite often. If no. I can be honest, yeah, it's something that I've noticed when it comes to you and I, and then our fathers is a very very beautiful and rare thing. I think it's a it's a mutual respect. It's a love. It's a it's a nostalgic thing. It's uh it's so many things, right? Because they literally literally saw us as children, babies. Yeah. Now see us as men. Yeah. Seeing us working with like within the 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 Christian realm mm-hmm. and seeing how much God has changed us. Right. Right? Like I know like I know when I see your dad, man, it's just like it's always love. Mm-hmm. And I know I can talk to him about things about church things about christ things about whatever it's it's you, you i feel comfortable yeah i know i can joke around with him i know i can you know be serious with him i can be vulnerable with him right it's like almost like having a conversation with my dad right it's just you know it it, it, it is rare it's rare because you don't see it very often and it, it makes me it makes me feel good because you know like through thick and thin, through time, through, you know, being in different congregations, you know that you can still count on certain people to be there and maybe not help you, like, actually, like, 
uh, financially or whatever the case may be, but you know these people can help you through prayer. And mm-hmm. that's what's more important sometimes. Right. All you need is prayer. Mm-hmm. Right? So um, it's a, it's just a mutual respect. Like I remember one time uh, when my son was like a, a newborn, not newborn, but he was, he was pretty like, he was maybe like, one or two kind of thing? No, he was like three or four months. Oh, okay. Woo. <laughs> yeah, and it was the summertime, and this is when I was living near near your parents. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, one time I was like to my wife, I'm like, let's, let's go for a walk. Let's take the, the baby for a walk. She's like, okay. So we went out. We were walking. We were walking on uh, Weaver Street. And then we got we, we went we went through an intersection, and uh, there's a restaurant called Stacked. Stacked mm, pancake, yeah, yeah, I think. Stacked, yeah, pancake, yeah. And we were walking, and then out of nowhere, I just turn and I see someone. I'm like, I know this guy. <laughs> and I looked at him, and then he looked, and then he looked at me, and it was your dad. And I'm like, hermano, and he's like, hermano, and we just walked over, we hugged each other. Your mom was there too, and that's where they saw my son for the first time. And I think we were there for like at least an hour, just talking. And like it just felt it just felt nice, right? It's like it was like a, a a proud moment for me. Right. I was like, "Hermano, mira, este es mi, este es mi hijo." Yeah. He's like, "Wow, no way! <laughs> like that's your son! Like it's crazy! Like it was like a like I was so excited to introduce him to my son, yeah. right? And your mom too. I'm, I'm super excited. Like like that kind of excitement. Like if uh, you're super happy about your report card and you go home and you show your dad and you're like look what i got and he's like yeah man you killed it like good job right like that's that's kind of like the moment i felt kind of felt like like yeah. i was introducing my son hmm. to your dad and i'm like i don't know how your dad must have felt in that moment too like knowing like me the kid that he saw like yeah a as a baby, small child yeah. now seeing he has a to baby. the point yeah now he has his own like yeah. i'm i'm sure he probably thought it was surreal as well right, right. like and you to know see where we were and to the point now right yeah and it's just like man like how do you describe that like yeah. seeing a kid like i remember my dad got so happy because he saw one of our one of our one of the the bo- one of the guys that we grew up with in la paz de cristo he saw he saw my dad at, uh, at my mom's work i'll tell you who it is afterwards right mm-hmm. i don't want to put his name out here but um he saw my dad and he was like hermano and he gave my dad a huge hug He's like, man, he's not Christian right now, but he's like, man, I respect you, man. Like, you're, you're a man of God. I know you are. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, I'll always have those memories of us because uh, we used to, my dad used to have a, like a, like a little mini oración, I guess you could say, in Brantford. It's funny because you, you were there. I was just there, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> in Brantford. Every Friday night, we would go, we would drive to Brantford with some hermanos there and we would, we would have like a mini service. And this guy with his dad would go. And he, he he told my dad, like, I remember I was going to Brantford. And, you know, those are memories I'm always going to keep, right? And like you're saying, that's rare for a kid to still have that mutual respect for an adult. You never want to see someone you grew up just believing in or seeing in a certain light and end up being completely different yeah, now that you're older. Life, yeah. Right, so you always want to continue with that mutual respect, that love that you had for them, even when you were a child, right? And that's what it is for me with your dad, right? This mutual respect, this this love, this admiration that he's still the same guy that he was twenty years ago, right? And you don't want to you don't want to give someone a different um, image of you. You want to be the same in the sense that you're still serving God, you're still believing in Jesus Christ. And I think that's something that's also what we should 
bring up as well that we need to shout out our fathers for that not only did they maintain a testimony mm. as men but also as Christian men and as fathers but they also created that legacy mm. as well as fathers as Christian men as leaders right that through all this time mantenieron firme en el camino de Dios yeah and, and I also want to say this uh This isn't idolatry or anything like that towards our dads because we also do recognize that they are flawed. Mm -hmm. They have their mistakes. They have things that they can work on yeah. just like anybody else out there. Like we just briefly brought like how they have a past as well, right? Exactly. So this is just a, more of an admiration. No idolatry, nothing like that. No, but... It's it, just, you know, yeah. it, the Bible says that we need to respect our parents mm -hmm. and show love to them. The, the fifth commandment. Do you know what the fifth commandment is? Obey your parents. Honor. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't kill me. <laughs> that's my. Uh, that's my. Obey your parents. Summarized by. <laughs> obey your parents. Who said that? God. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> the Bible. The fifth commandment is honor thy mother and thy father, so your days will be extended. And yes. So. What does that What does that mean? Honoring them, showing love, showing compassion, showing respecting respect, them, listening to them, listening to them. Right. If you do all these things, your life will be extended. God mm -hmm. will reward you. Right. It's commandment from God. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're doing. We're showing honor, respect, and we're not doing it just on this day. Obviously not. Right. This day is But, just a, a special day just to, like, focus on it, right? Exactly. Because this, this episode today is about all about the pops, right? And it was your dad's birthday the other day, too, wasn't it? It was the day before, man, yeah. The yeah. day before Father's Day is his birthday. Shout so, out to Lermano. Yes, shout out to my father. All happy love, birthday, brother. All respect. Happy, happy birthday, brother. Happy, happy <laughs> birthday, dad. <laughs> no, yeah, my dad sometimes, <laughs> he does that to me at church. He comes up to me. He's like, hey. I'm like, hey, you doing? Good. You know you're my brother, right? I'm just like. What? Stop. <laughs> like stop. <laughs> What? <laughs> That Russell Westbrook meme. The one What? That, I think a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, I, I I got to church and my dad comes up to me and he salutes me. I'm like, he's like, how you doing? And I'm like, good. And he kind of gave me like a side hug, right? And I just looked at him and I'm like, I hugged him. I'm like, you know, I'm your son, right? And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, stop being so shy with me. Just be yourself. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, you know, you know, I just don't, I just don't want to offend you or anything. I'm like, man. You're, you're my not, dad, man. What do you mean? Yeah, I'm like, you're my dad. Like, stop acting <laughs> silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, um, I forgot what I was going to say. What point I was trying to make. <laughs> <laughs> I got so distracted with <laughs> what I was saying. Okay, it was Father's Day we're talking about. And it was my dad's birthday yeah, before yeah, yeah. Father's Day. And then uh, the legacy of our fathers kind of thing, how they maintain the same. Oh, here's what I was going to ask you. This is what I was going to ask you. Oh, you were going to ask me something. No, I was going to ask you something, but I, I forgot. I completely forgot what I was going to say. But I, <laughs> I wanted to ask you this. What you do for your pops for, for Father's Day? Father's Day? Yeah. So my dad's interesting because he doesn't want to celebrate anything. He doesn't want to make anything big, right? And, I, and I'll, I'm going to say this right now. I have yet to give what, my, uh, what I want to plan because actually I'll say it right now. So, right. <laughs> so, I, so I have a friend, right? I have a friend where... Um, I guess her and her family have this... Um, you have friends? Believe it or not, Whoa. bro. I know. 
I know. It's hard to believe with <laughs> this type of personality and ego and <laughs> the, the ego on this guy. I don't know how he gets through the door, man. Yeah, man. The devil, the devil in me is, is strong in, in, in this one. <laughs> but uh, they have this kind of this farm where all these horses, retired horses, go there as their and they spend their last days there. So it's about like twenty to thirty horses there, kind of thing, right? So my my I was communicating with this person like hey by any chance I like are you free on this weekend like just so I can s- surprise my dad swing him by and just cuz he loves horses. Really? Yeah, he's he's a big guy on horse like he loves horses. Like he always wanted to be a jockey and he I think he would be perfect for a jockey. <laughs> Dude, I wanted to be a jockey no way. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like he wanted to do a lot of things but like to ride horses to be race horses like anything to do with horses like he's all about it, right? So my idea was to get into contact with this person be like is it okay if we can swing by kind of thing so he can just be surrounded by all these horses. Of course, we have to be careful, right? Mm-hmm. But just to kind of give him that that sensation that he can be up close and just be like like a mat- and, one and with the all horse re- one with the horse right <laughs> even though like they're all retired and all that but still like just have that kind of the moment and that's and, actually pretty cool that's thoughtful and hopefully but i don't know i don't know if he i think he might be down and i don't know if this is correct and i'll ask you this real quick because <laughs> um there's someone else on that same farm who who owns uh, firearms oh and last time i was there like we were just like shooting some stuff up so i don't know if it'd be something an idea like oh and, and like uh, yo bring me with you bro <laughs> bring me with you right so just That's your that gift to me thing. for father's day <laughs> fair enough <laughs> Right, so that was gonna be my, my intention, but this person didn't reach back, so I gotta like. So I still have time, right? Like tomorrow, Sunday, like I can still tomorrow Saturday do. It. Right, it's what Friday did I say? Night. You said tomorrow Sunday. Oh my bad. I'm 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 gonna get day it together, ahead. bro. <laughs> Pull yourself together. Um. So that's pretty much. But other than that, the day that we, uh, the the brother and his wife and my mom were all there, we yeah we kind of surprised them. We took them out. They got them a gift. We took them out to this one restaurant. We spent around the time walking around like a park kind of thing and just um, took pictures and just quality time together kind of a thing. That's nice, man. That's nice. Yeah, like um, Waterloo Park or I think it's Waterloo Park. Seems to be really bumping now. A lot of changes that they made where like the whole Penning Zoo is, that whole like uh, there was like bands that were out there they were playing kind of thing. Like, Is that Waterloo Park or is that the other park in Waterloo? Because Waterloo Park is... Yeah, whichever those parks are. I, mean, I think Waterloo Park is off Westmount, between Westmount and and University. Sabe, hombre. No conozco Waterloo too much. I just know Kitchener. Whichever one it is. But it, it was nice there's though. the Waterloo, there's the one with the petting zoo, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the one you went to. Yes, because then Waterloo Park is the one with the huge field. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, with the uh, with the th- there's an th- outdoor theater. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's Waterloo, Waterloo Park. That's Waterloo Park. Okay, so yeah, we were the other one. The other one. I forget what the other one's called. It's not Waterloo Park though. Whatever it's called. I used to play ball there. Park Junior. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. did you guys do? What did you guys do on Father's Day? Okay. My dad did the most my dad thing. Uh I think four days before Father's Day. No. Yeah, four days before Father's Day, I texted him. I had the idea. I'm like, I texted him, I'm like, hey, you want to go fishing on Saturday? He's like, No, I said, what did I say? I was like, hey, I want to take you fishing for Father's Day. And he's like, Okay. I'm like, sweet. I did something that I know my dad wants to do. He's going to enjoy. And he's going to have happy. He's going to be happy with it because my dad is not the kind of guy that, that likes to get gifts or whatever. Mm-hmm. He, likes, he likes it when we take him out, but I knew he was really going to like fishing. So 
He said yes. So we were going to go, oh, it was a week before, Saturday. So the Saturday before, I come up to him, I'm like, uh, you ready to go fishing? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, I want to take you this, to this one lake so we can go fishing. He, and he looks at me, he's like, oh, maybe we can invite my father-in-law and otro hermano de la iglesia. And I'm just, I just looked at him, I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I'm going to go ask him right now. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I just look at my mom, and she just looks at me, and she shakes her head. I'm like, I kind of wanted it to be just him and me. <laughs> she's like, and she's I like, know. I know. <laughs> I said, you know how your dad is. I'm like, yeah, I know how he is. And then, so we left it like that. And uh, Thursday, I had to go get my fishing rod from my cousin's house because it was at my cousin's house. And my dad told me that his fishing rod was there too. <clears throat> so I FaceTime my dad, and I'm like, hey, man, is this your fishing rod? He's like, yeah, it is. I'm like, cool. I'm like, you know, it's broken, right? He's like, oh, it is? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, it's okay. Uh, your uncle says that he has uh, four extra fishing poles, and, and he's going with us too. And I'm just like, oh, geez. okay. He's like, yeah. All right, we'll see each other on Saturday morning. I'm like, all right. So the night before, he texts me, and he's like, oh, you want me to come pick you up? I was like, no, I'll, I'll come to your house, and I'll just leave my, my car in your house. And he's like, okay. So I told him I was going to be there at 6, 6 a.m. So I get up, I drive over, and he's not there. And I call him, and I'm like, and he doesn't pick up. <laughs> and then he calls me back, and he's like, he's like, oh, where are you? I'm like, I'm at your house. He's like, oh, I'm picking up otro hermano. So he added four four guys on top of the fishing trip. And, and what I was going to do, what I was originally going to do was take him out fishing and then after that go for breakfast mm -hmm. but then it became too expensive so i was like oh, i'm just gonna get him tim hortons then because <laughs> like, this is gonna get too expensive for me so yeah we went out fishing we we got to the we ended up going somewhere else it's like some some lake and like near breslau oh nice yeah it's okay. like a dog park slash lake yeah uh, i don't remember what it's called um but uh we ended up fishing from we got there around 7.30, I think, and we fished from 7.30 till 1.30, almost 2 o'clock. And, yeah, he had, a, he had a good time. He was happy, and that's all I really wanted to do for him. Yeah, man. I just wanted him to be happy, and I like fishing too, right? So I, I, I didn't mind it either, and, you know, it was good times, like... Just me, like, my wife's like, oh, how is it when you go fishing with your dad? I'm like, honestly... <laughs> We kind of just, like, go our separate ways. <laughs> like, we get to the spot. He helps me, like, to get my rod ready. Get all ready, set up and all Yeah, that. and then, okay, you go your way, I go my way. See what we catch. And that's, that's how we it, do it. Yeah. That's how we do it. And I know he likes it like that, and I like it like that. And, you know, he's 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 in, that's his, that's his jam. That's, his, that's what he likes to do, right? That's what that was his occupation since he was six years old. Right, yeah, he's a fish, fisherman, yeah. right? So he still enjoys it, and I, I I enjoy it as well. That's something I got from from him, right? Because my brother doesn't like fishing, mm -hmm. so I was able to go spend some time with him, you know. And then he, when we we're done, he kind of gave me a hug. He's like, he's like, I know this isn't really how you want it, but thank you. Like I had a good time. Like the, as long as you're happy, man, that's that's what matters. I don't yeah. care if whatever. Our, Whatever, if you invited more people, like I, I'm okay with it. Like as long as you were happy, that's what matters. So yeah, I was able to spend some time with my pops, and 
and do something that him and I were we've always been able to connect with with fishing, and you know I'm glad I, uh, we, I was able to do that with him because we hadn't gone fishing in a couple of years. We hadn't gone three years or something like that. Jeez, it's been been some time. Yeah, we used to do at least we used to do a fishing trip at least once once a year, and since I was a kid, but. You know, COVID happened. Uh, yeah, things change. Yeah, right? my my grandmother passed away one of those years. Uh, you know, just things kept happening and we weren't able to go. So finally. But at least, hey, the tradition stays alive and it keeps going. Though. Yeah. So hopefully my son likes fishing so I can take him when he gets when he gets old enough. Yeah, man. As long but as if he, he doesn't, exposed to it a little bit more and more, he'll, 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 he'll get there. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. Because, like, you either like it or you hate it. Mm. My brother does not like my brother does not like fishing. Oh, right. <laughs> so it's, it's a patience game, right? Like if you know about fishing, you know it's not it's not you're gonna throw the line out there. You're gonna automatically get a fish. Yeah, yeah. Like it took me, uh, it took me over an hour to catch a fish, one fish. Better be a delicious fish, that's for sure. I didn't eat it. I should have, because then my wife when she got home, she was like, "Where's the fish?" I'm like, "I didn't bring any." And she's like, "Oh, I wanted to f- cook up some fish." I'm like, "I thought you didn't want any." So I was like, "The lack of communication in there was, <laughs> was was nice." Dang. But yeah, man, it's 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 nice like being able to spend time with our pops, right? Yeah, have have like that one thing that you know you can connect with, and and like something else I really want to do is take my dad to a TFC game. I know it's not going to be anything spectacular compared to european league or anything like that but mm. at least it's something just to have that experience with right? hey just miami got miami got messy i yeah everything has been sold on all the mm-hmm. miami tickets man gotta look into what it's like you know what we should do huh? take, take our pops to the world cup oh that's that's, that's I, without that's, question that's happening. that's a bucket list thing for me i gotta take my dad to a soggy game it's it's happening if man. i go i have to take my dad i'll get him a ticket Oh, no yeah. ifs, ands, or buts. Because no, I know no, he won't. He won't want to pay for it himself because he's just like that. But I wanted to. I've always wanted to go to a soccer game with my dad. Always. But World Cup game. That's that's, that's different. A, that's different, man. I know. This is once in a lifetime imagine, opportunity. Imagine if Salvador made. Oh, bro. I'd be ha- game I, over. Yeah, whatever it is, man. I'd be happy. Like, like I, I know there's gonna be certain games that's probably gonna sell like ASAP kind of thing, like the top teams kind of thing, but. Like even like I'll go more than once, man. Just just to get you know, get that get that feeling, get they that experience. They might not even sell out, bro. It might not. I don't think it'll be that hard. I hope not, man. I hope because they're doing it in different cities, right? So it's like uh, it's gonna. Be, that's the only unfortunate thing. It's gonna be spread out, right? I'm hoping Argentina plays in Toronto, so I can go to an Argentina game. Yeah, I don't even care if it's a friendly or whatever. Yeah, man. I just wanna... to be there, just to again just having that environment that enjoyment like can you imagine just on the streets man just the hmm. live uh, just the vibe about it man just seeing all these international people man like my dad probably won't like that <laughs> if i'm being honest yeah i can see how it can be uh <laughs> yeah because my dad I well, did, hopefully my at dad, daytime at evening time get out <laughs> my dad will make it like a, a spiritual talk right away he'll be yeah. like look at all these people and none of these people want to go to church on saturdays and sundays blah, blah. <laughs> i know for sure it has to be a weekday game because he will not go he, do, he will not miss church for that mm-hmm. i know for sure he won't so, 
Yeah, no, I'm hyped for that, man. Like, yeah. I can't wait for the World Cup. And you know what I would love, too? Like, if it could be, like, a big group of us kind of a thing. That we just, have, mm. like, just own one whole section. Like, a whole row or just, like, a section. So, we're all together just so we can, like, all cheer to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? My dad doesn't cheer like that, though. I know he won't do that. No, no cheering He's low-key oh, like that. I'm going to go crazy, man. My dad loves watching soccer, but, like, old-school soccer. Mm-hmm. He likes watching like the Brazil team from 2000 and, you know, old school El Salvador and uh, um, La Selecta games. Like he, 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 that's, that's his jam. That's what he loves. Um, I don't know if he watches recent games. Like we have watched, I've watched a couple classicals with him, um, but he's just there to chirp. My dad loves to chirp. So no yeah, <laughs> he just chirps. Whatever team I'm cheering for, he chirps. He goes against Against the grain, especially like when we've seen like games with La Selecta, mm-hmm. um, he just chirps them. If especially if they're losing by a lot, he's like, "Ah, estos comieron mucha pupusa antes del del partido, por eso no están jugando bien." I'm just like, "Bro," I'm like, "You know you're Salvadorian, right?" He's like, "Yeah, but these guys are the same every every year." I'm just like, "Yeah, you're right." Yeah, man, it's uh, it's fun though. It's fun. The thing is, chirping runs in my family. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't catching any fish on Saturday. And my uncle was there, and he was just chirping me the oh, whole time. Just making fun, eh? He's like, because my cousin, my cousin went too, and he's like, "Hey, what do you say when they do something in the movie?" Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so they kept doing that to me when we, when I kept casting the line, and I wasn't catching anything. Because the first one, I had a fish on the line, and it was a decent sized fish, but I, I let it go. Like my string, the uh, the line, broke. It what? wasn't. It wasn't strong enough. It was uh, only. It had an eight pound capacity, and I'm pretty sure this fish was a lot bigger than that. Well, yeah, if it broke, it's definitely surpassed. Yeah. So, um, you know, my family were just a bunch of chirpers. My wife had. It's not like quite used to it yet, but like if like that's how we talk. Like myself, my cousins, with my uncles and my dad, we just chirp each other, and you know that's just how we show our love towards one another, I guess. But uh, how is it? Is it like that with you and your your brother and your? I think so. Yeah, like like my my brother does like the big brother thing where yeah he makes fun he chirps at me kind of thing. I just take it. Because <laughs> you always brother, low key, right? eh? For me, it's like I I just think it's like the law of the brothers, right? The mm. older brother is always gonna make fun of me, he's always gonna chirp, so I just take it in, right? I do have my moments where I get it back, but for the most part, I just take it in because I just think like I'm little brother, and that's 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 the law how it goes, <laughs> right? And my dad, he also like chirps at me too sometimes as well, and again, I just take it kind of thing. Yeah, no, not me, man. Someone chirps me, I go, I come right back. Uh, when a family, like I just take it, but, yeah. But yeah, other than the family, for sure, yeah, I go back at them. I don't know about that. <laughs> you don't kidding. think so? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> oh, you trying to start me right yeah, now? Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to see if he was gonna say something. He didn't fall for it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you lured me in nicely, man. You're, you're definitely a fisher of men, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Because when I was doing that, that that uh, that that Bible verse came to my mind. I just Jesus calls us to do that, and mm-hmm. you know, whether we want, whether we knew it or not, like someone like my our dads, our pops, they became that. Yeah. Without actually seeking it. You're fishermen, but now you become fisher of men. Yeah, man. Beautiful verse, man. Tough. Mm-hmm. That's tough. And you know, I think we should wrap it up. Yes, sir. And, you know, just give a special shout out to our pops. I was about to say, let's have uh, something similar like we did last time. Yeah. Give like a little uh, moment of how we can just speak and just say thank you, right? Yeah. You can go first, bro. Yeah, sure. Uh, to my father, 
I want to take this opportunity just to give you so much thanks. Thank you for um, for all the sacrifice, for all the hard work, for never complaining, for never giving up, knowing that you had a duty and you and you completed and continue to complete that duty of being that father figure, of being that father, of being a leader, of being an example as a man, as a Christian man, as a husband, um, to giving that example in church, right? Um, to show me how to how to worship freely in church, how to pray freely, uh, not being afraid to to be uncomfortable, to enjoy the uncomfortability when things might seem difficult, when things might seem tough. Um, you were always the anchor. Thank you for being the strong point and being the calm in the storm. Thank you for being um, the coach that never showed uh, fear, never showed uncomfortability, that you were always confident and you always had a way, you always had a solution. You taught me so much, Dad, where I take those things that I've I observed and I learned from you and I put that in the course and I've put that into action and hopefully I will continue to put that in action when that day arrives for me, God willing. I want to thank you so much, Dad, for sharing and expressing your love in different ways that I guess um, it's not very direct or very vocal, but you do have your ways of showing your love and, and saying how much you love me kind of a thing whether it be verbal or not. Um, I want to thank you so much for all the advice that you, you would offer me and for those one-on-one conversations that we get to have, That um, for those times that I felt very, very low in life or very, very, um, very, very alone that I, I had the courage to, to ask you to have a talk with you and you were always there to listen, to hear me out and to uh, express... Um, what the advice or what would be the help of you for me to kind of move forward? I want to thank you that I was able to uh, understand more about who you are, how you came to be, and why you are the way you are. Um, I, I don't, I'm not um, in any way or at all regret or angry at you for the things that you've done. I appreciate all the discipline you've done for me. And I understand that being coming from a big family, um, at that time, uh, whatever was taught to you, you thought that was correct and that was the way to be. And from your experience in life, that's how you are as today. So I want to thank you so much and that I love you so much. I, um, I cherish every single day that I, I do get to spend with you, even especially now, now that you are retired, because I know for a while it was very difficult to connect with you, to be with you, because you'd be working night shift or, uh, sorry, afternoon shift, and now we've been day shift, so by the time you arrived home, I'm already in bed, and by the time I wake up, you're still in bed, so <laughs> we never really got to contact, but now that you're retired, we're able to connect a lot more, whether it be doing chores around the house, whether it be uh, doing some little projects, doing playing little darts or or uh, or playing uh, cards or dominoes, whatever the case may be. Um, it's it's a beautiful thing that I definitely am going to uh, take advantage of now that I recognize this. And I, again, thank you, thank you so much. And I love you, love you so much. Shout out to your pops. Amen. Um, this is from my father, Jorge Diaz. Thank you 
for everything you've done, for everything you have done, for everything you will do. I appreciate every moment I've been able to spend with you, the countless countless hours of being at church, the countless hours of you teaching me whatever life has thrown at me. Thank you for loving my mother. Thank you for loving my sisters, my brother, and myself. Even though when we were younger, you wouldn't say I love you as much. Now that you have become, you're in later stage in your life now, you say to me constantly, and you say to my wife, and you say to my kids, and I appreciate that. As a child, and I've said this to you many times, there hasn't been a son who's loved his father the way I've loved you, and my mom as well, obviously. But I always prayed for you when I was a kid. I always have, I always will. My biggest fear when I was a kid was losing you. And I know I spent countless hours learning from you, both spiritually. You taught me how to fish. You taught me how to play soccer. You taught me how to ride a bike. You taught me how to swim. There's so many things you taught me. And I learned so many things from you. How to how to be a man of God. How to be a father, a husband. You showed me tough love. You showed me so many things that I can never describe. But I appreciate every moment I've been able to spend with you. To be vulnerable with you. I'm sorry for the times that I've offended you. I'm sorry for the times that... I didn't treat you the way I was supposed to. I'm sorry for sometimes not holding God's commandment of honoring you when I should have. I apologize for that. But you know, and you've always known that I love you. And I'm so happy to see you in in your stage, in your life now. Seeing how much you've changed Seeing you not only as a father now, but seeing you as a grandpa. How much you love your grandpa- your grandchildren unconditionally. The way you love your children and your wife. You know, it's different when you're a father. But it's even more different when you're a father and a pastor. And I know it's not easy to try to juggle both things. But I know you're you're doing the best you can. And I know sometimes as, as, as a flock, we can be difficult too. But that's where love, compassion, patience come in play. And I know that if you have that, it's because God's given it to you. Thank you for the sacrifices that you've made for our family. Hours of work, hours of prayer, hours of fasting. If you weren't around, it's because you were doing your God's work. And I appreciate that because you've shown with your actions, not your words, that you love God above all things. And that's the most important thing. God bless you. I love you. And let's keep working. Amen. Shout out to your dad, man. Shout out to all the fathers out there, all the the, the gentlemen that... 
are present in their children's lives. Um, the sacrifices that all of us have to make as fathers, you know, it's not easy. Um, sleepless nights. Um, you know, it's hard to describe all those things, right? As a father, the sacrifices I have, like I'm saying sleepless nights, like there's nights where you'll wake up and one of the kids has to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Whose job is that? That's the father. You got to go. Right. And you got to stay composed. You got to stay in the moment and you got to be able to help your children in those hard times. Right. If you break, your kids can break. Yeah. So if you, you show fear, if you show weakness and if your kids see that, what is that going to say to your kids? Yeah. And that's one thing about my dad, man. This man was always composed. Yeah. I'm sure it's the same thing with your dad. Yeah. Always composed, always, you know, in the moment, knowing that if they break down and the kids see you breaking down, then that can lead to something else. You got to stay strong, man. In the heart, in the good times, in the hard times, you got to serve God in the good times, in the hard times. That's one thing we both learned from our fathers as well. You know, keep keep true to God. If you keep true to God, he will bless you. And, you know, love God above all things. Exalt the name of Jesus Christ above all things. And if you do that, God is going to bless you truly. God is good. God has been good. God is good. All the time. And he will always be good. And all the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Until next time. Oh yeah.